Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Nada. Okay, here's the thing, guys. I just realized this. A lot of people, when I posted a picture of Arthur, found out that he was a dog and not a nearly silent co-host with the same last name as me. Did you think maybe my brother or my son was an engineer and never spoke? Okay, just asking, freaks. Uh, also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, first time guest. We've hung out randomly a lot in the last month <laughs> more so than we had previously for a few years guys joining me in the studio is eliza skinner yay i'm leaving okay well that was fair it was good to see you uh this counts uh, i hope this counts as uh, having a guest i'm gonna yep. put it up <laughs> i don't want to like book another thing <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i make you retweet it i'm like do me a favor can you retweet your episode when it comes out <laughs> um i'm on high and mighty for like a second <laughs> uh the intro really creeped me yeah, out you so. can hear me being offended off mic watching. <laughs> uh, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Good. How about yourself? Mm, good. I like good, saying good. how we how you doing right after that intro as if I brought you in here and I just did that intro. <laughs> we didn't talk like from the entrance to the house. Yeah. Pete Holmes style where I just like drop into the show. Do you think that's how he does it? Have you done his show? Yeah. Marin does it and Pete d- d- both do it like the, that. The ends of those shows uh, jar me. Or they'll be a time and, and that's what my dad did in a... You know, I'm starting to forgive him. Great. Okay, well, bye. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> bye. What's that like in the room? It's like, yeah. okay, bye. So I'm always like, you know, they probably tapered it off and then just edited it that way for time, but maybe not. I sure hope so. <laughs> it's just in the middle of a conversation. I'm like, okay, thank you, Eliza. Goodbye. But I, oh, my vulnerability. Oh, okay. That's fine. We get it. You're vulnerable. <laughs> oh, I didn't Later. <laughs> um, we just were hanging out at Outside Lands in San Francisco. We were. And we were talking about we were seeing some live music we were hanging out at father john misty mm. we had previously a month ago we're in bonnaroo did, yeah doesn't that so, was so that one festival, month ago buddies or did it feel like eight years ago i i can't remember if it was beginning of june or beginning of 
July. Yeah, it was very recent. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was this summer. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got one thing I want to. We also I also recently did your podcast, Cool Playlist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. I was like, playlist. It's cool very playlist. simple. It's too simple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's forgettably simple. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be called Now That's What I Call Playlist, and then I found out that Sony is very litigious about Now That's What I Call. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> On their part. <laughs> yeah. We made up now that's what I call. Okay, well, you realize that everybody would be doing shit with that and you'd get even more press right. and attention for it? Because no, okay, now right. people would go, what's that a reference to? I'm a millennial. I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so you're listening to a podcast. There used to be these things called CDs. Yes. <laughs> and I could- Yeah. And uh, instead of streaming uh, all your favorite hits on Spotify, you would get uh, you a keep, CD of keep it just in your the dashboard. best things. And that's how we used to avoid buying albums before we now avoid them with streaming. What number do you think? they're up to uh 800 no, I don't <laughs> yeah, that's, now that's what i call music and it's just like 25 <laughs> roman numerals in a row <laughs> like yeah. does that say 1776 mm-hmm. um but on your playlist on your podcast cool playlist we were talking about how i am like anti-music not on purpose and i'm not against it i'm terrible at it in any capacity mm-hmm. and sort of your wheelhouse we could yes. say, say yeah. as long as i've known you you've been performing both comedy and music and sometimes both yeah often both yeah for, well i started out in comedy doing musical improv and it got pretty successful i mean as successful as you can get in improv with that yeah. like did, did literally tour the world with it Wait, like the, like the joke i like to make is i think i and one of the more successful improvisers in the world. Yeah. I do not have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I have health insurance because I'm married. Oh, but I am very good at improv. And those improv jobs, like when I'm like, think about, well, I, I guess, you know, maybe get one of those. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to have to think about having show clothes anymore. Oh, did, yeah. Did you, were you ever in a type of improv show where you had to have show clothes? No, because like the extent of all my improv touring was through UCB. UCB. So it was like. So that's all like, we're cool dudes. Yeah, it's all just like, I'm. Sc- talking to five 19-year-old student activities board members that aren't paying attention anyway. Yeah, I worked yeah. for a few other companies also that you would have to have, like, slacks. Oh, yeah. And a button-down like shirt. Well, uh, the baby wants candy dress mm-hmm. nice, right? Yep. Yeah, slacks and, and a button-down shirt. Right? Yeah, uh, and they decided... I somehow had enough personality that for one tour they were like, okay, we've decided everyone has, we want to check in with you about your show clothes. Um, And everyone had the standard thing, except for, I think A.D. Bryant fought for not having to wear pants because she hates pants. Um, So she got leggings. But me, they were like, you're wearing black jeans and a black top and your brightly colored sneakers. And I was like, you mean what I actually wear? And they're like, yes, we've decided that's your look. And I was like, oh, now I what hate it. What a dream. It, Eliza Skinner's also... told she could wear all black. Yeah, I know, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. And you want like, me to cosplay for the craft? And my distracting sneakers? Okay, great. Cool, cool. Sold, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I was I was kind of proud that I, I got the slacks rule broken. Yeah, it would be, it would be kind of st- stressful to still be touring in a company yeah. i would love to tour solo where you can make like a little bit more money and do a, and you know get... you mean stand up yeah you'd like to do stand- stand yeah I, i'll do solo improv yeah. <laughs> i'll do um, whatever people will pay for that's the stand up too that's, that's that what is what yeah, i do as stand up at yeah. all music festivals i only exclusively get booked at music festivals because it's like the bar for what counts as stand up like, is oh solo. he'll show up yeah <laughs> okay they're like he knows I, how to not get too drunk. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm built for being booked on music festivals because I have the ability to consume and stay on my feet. So I'm a good time, but not going to be a problem. And also, and Outside Lands being a perfect example of it, I can, I did 
an improvised stand-up set. I hosted a day of food shows on one stage, and another day I did improv with near strangers, mm-hmm. <laughs> including yeah. you. Yes, yes. What a show. Um, but it was like three of the weirdest. Ga- if I had to do any one of them multiple times, it would have sucked. But the fact that I just, and I was like, there's no one else that would want to do these three different things, no less actually, and be able to do it means. Yeah, well, when you do a, a music festival, I feel like you're just doing it to go to the festival, right. largely. And um, they know that a little bit, so they'll fuck you over on pay. For sure, <laughs> for sure. Like, aren't you just excited you get to see yeah. Father John Misty for free? And you're like, yeah. fine. Yeah, the first one uh, this, this summer that, at Bonnaroo, I hadn't, I, I don't think I'd gone to a music festival since I was like a kid. So I was like not prepared for music festival life. <laughs> and in fact, when I showed up, uh, they were like, like everybody started talking about the, the bands that they were going to see, the acts they were going to see. And I was used to comedy festivals. And when I go to a comedy festival, if someone was like, what shows are you going to see? I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to watch something I'm not in. <laughs> yeah. What? I know. I think uh, at a comedy festival, I either, the only shows I would ever watch are like friends that are perfectly scheduled like before or after mine. I might watch them like if there's a bar there and I happen to be having a drink or like if I'm picking them up afterwards. Right. Like that's, they don't, I don't need my friends to watch me. If I would never be like, oh, Gabriel, you know, I'm doing a set. <laughs> yeah. You could sit and watch it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I know how that works. Wouldn't that be, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't that be so weird to ask someone? I think I would maybe go to like, some sort of like if it was a big enough festival they had like a weird panel it's like kids yes. in the hall are doing a brain candy read yeah that would sure, be something sure, I would sure, go sure. to but I don't need to see stand up improv sketch or anything like no, that yeah, yeah, it no no I'll hang, I, I love the people in it no I'm glad to hang out with them I'm, I'm like, not going to see you know see your them. show tell me all about it yeah so when they were like oh, we're going to see this. I was like, we're going to actually see things? We're going to be in the crowds, be spectators for this? And then immediately saw a band and was like, oh yeah, this is the best. Right. I am going to schedule every second that I'm here and just go from stage to stage And that was stage. cool about Bonnaroo that the people who book the comedy there uh, take care of you on that way where they're like what do you want to see and you're like really you yeah. care about me <laughs> yeah um, and it's just I think the vibe of Bonnaroo in general uh, I uh, I like the vibe of Bonnaroo in general it turns out <laughs> I'd never been before and I was super hyped to be there and I if I ever go back I think I want to like live on this I really want to do the camping out thing I'm, I think they have like an ex like a glamping like a fancy thing. one? Yeah, and yeah. I'm wondering if they're like, for talent, it's like, could that be more than a hotel? I don't know. I I bet it, I would guess it probably is more expensive than a hotel. I'm, I'm sure it is, you know? Because <laughs> it's, cause a lot of them are rented um, trailers and yeah. stuff, and you know, they only have a certain amount of room. Um, I, the idea of sleeping outside in any capacity is like, no thank you. I only went camping for the first time, uh, like in May. Really? Yeah, like a month before Bonnaroo. Were you, were you ever a scout in any way? No. It, Long Island's kind of weird that like our outdoors... Yeah, <laughs> I just narfed on my fucking... Remind, note to self, buy new uh, screens for these microphones because I just coughed a fucking laugh onto it. Um, yeah, Long Island's kind of weird in that like the outdoor activity is not really woodsy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's maybe out east a little bit further, but so like... It's like beachy? It's just beach. It's like... Yeah. You go to the beach or you go to someone's backyard, you know? And so that was never even something I thought of. of Above ground pools there. Yeah. Okay. It seems like an above ground pool kind of area of the world. Uh, Funny, funny. You should mention that Tiffany recently was saying to someone like, I can't wait to get a house. I just want a built in pool so bad. And her friend was like, built in. Friends were like built in. Yeah. You mean a (laughs) pool? And she goes, well, 
a pool that's in the ground. And her friend's like, what other pools would you get? And Tiffany's like, I had an above ground pool growing up. And I'm like, so did I. Wow. That's Actually, so- I didn't. My parents didn't even get an above ground until I left. Ugh, and how I was a fucking rude. Lifeguard. And if you don't think this comes up in therapy weekly. <laughs> I was a lifeguard. I was a water bug. I spent every day at the beach, every day at friends' pools. I worked at pools. I maintained pools for a living at Hofstra. I did all that. And my parents still didn't get a pool until I moved out. Was it maybe then a tribute to you? Maybe they missed you and they were like, this is, we need a pool. I think it was more like a backslide trap. Like, sort of like, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll leave Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, it didn't work. It did not work. I only moved further away. Above ground pools are so weird. Like, I assume they. They must have grown from like the old timey, like, oh, Pappy takes a bath in the tub right. out back. <laughs> what if we made it bigger? Yeah, it's like it's a like, whole pool. It's, a, it's like a permanent kiddie pool. Yeah, you know what I mean? Thinks- it's like when you blow up a little kiddie pool, you're like, well, what would happen if this had four foot walls and like some structural integrity to it? Yeah, because yeah, no one's ever like, oh, what if we put a pond? On the ground, (laughs) 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 which is also what it is. It is technically a chlorine a a chlorine pond. It's a uh, it's a fish tank that humans go in. Um, Did you ever see that like famous like viral picture? Famous viral picture. The Long Island uh, monster thing. Oh no, the Montauk monster. Yeah, the Montauk monster. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call my dick. No, just kidding. I actually do call my dick. That does not evoke like a good visual. No, here what I really call it, it invokes even worse visual is the Long Island medium. <laughs> it's not big, it's not small, but it's a Long Island medium. No, that's good. That's friendly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it that. has an interesting blonde haircut. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the picture of the dudes who set up an above ground pool in like the basement. I'm trying of to come their- up with a cold reading pun here, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> it was the pool was cold reading. <laughs> no, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. Um, it, they were in an above ground pool, like in a basement. Mm-hmm. And they were like, had all these like surge protectors like plugged in like all over to like run the pool and shit like that. Ooh, and it janky. looked and like the the red. I think it exploded on Reddit because they posted a picture of like we did it. You can set up a pool in your house. And like the first hundred comments were like, get out of there. Chlorine <laughs> gas needs to be able to escape. Crack windows. Why do you have electrical plugs hanging over the ceiling? They had chlorine in that thing. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Really? If they if the, I feel like if they're running like that, they're like I don't know. I think we could put juice boxes in here. <laughs> yeah, we could just true. empty that. It's it's <laughs> this is mostly beer and a lot of bath water. Yeah, what's cool is we save money because we run uh, the water from our sinks straight into the pool. Yeah, you don't pay for sink water. You just flush straight into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet goes right to the above ground in the basement. Ugh. <laughs> don't go down there. Uh, um, did you have a pool growing up? No, no. I, You're from Virginia, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, I lived in like a very uh, historic house. Oh, so, so no, no pool ever allowed, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I had friends who, not only did I have a friend with a pool. Best best way to have a pool is to have a friend with it. Yeah, Because you don't have to do any maintenance. Yeah. They also had an in-ground trampoline. What? Yeah. I've only seen that one other time. It was so cool. It also seemed like dangerous because like especially in the fall when all the leaves would fall it bl- just blended in from far away it was yeah. just like there's the I lawn picture like a landscaper pushing a lawn <laughs> and like, boing. Boing. It's like chopping trees as he flies yeah the but any kind of um f- like fear or tension that you may have about jumping on a trampoline <laughs> and falling off of it it's gone the only leftover fear and tension is the what if my leg slips in between the springs and uh, i get all scraped up which yeah. i also think about i a split lot. myself in half yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so that was and that was a pretty cool uh combo too it was like you got you everything get into the pool from the trampoline if you were 
I don't like we couldn't because we were too little, but I can't remember if it was big enough, if it was close enough that like the the teenagers probably were able to. Yeah, was jumping off the roof of the person who had a pool's house like the big thing in your that was huge in my town. Like whoever had a pool, if there if it was remotely near their house, we're like, let's get up on the roof and jump. No, in. not enough people had pools, and I only had I mostly only had rich friends in we elementary didn't have school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we all lived in uh, historic open <laughs> yeah. uh, open topped houses. <laughs> yeah, we had a shanty town. No, um, uh, for middle and high school, I didn't have. I, I had like regular income friends right. <laughs> um, and in Richmond pools were that's you were really rich if you had yeah a pool. that's how Long Island was like only the richest people had pools yeah. yeah so so yeah I don't remember having friends with pools one kid our, the guy who is our speaking of games from earlier mm-hmm. uh, our dungeon master he had a mm-hmm. pool at his house making it the ultimate summer house. You would just yeah. like go there, play in the pool. When it started to get cold or you started to get wrinkled, be like, you guys want to play D&D for seven hours? <laughs> like, <laughs> play Perfect. D&D for seven or- hours, order super pizza, eat it, go back in the pool. And- Wait, soup or pizza or super pizza? Super pizza was okay. the local pizzeria Okay, where the pizza delivery guy would also grab you 40s if you got him on what? the phone, even if you were 15. <laughs> be like, he would charge you like $10 a 40, like a... Uh, you know, a 400% markup for him. Uh-huh. So it'd be like, yeah, can you also bring 440s? He's like, yeah, 40 extra dollars. So we get a pie and 440s for like 15 year old kids. Would you guys drink, would you each drink an entire 40? Easily, yeah. That wow. was the big thing. Like drinking 240s was like, where I'm from for whatever reason, I thought was what everyone else's childhood was like. I was like, yeah, we were getting smashed every weekend starting in seventh grade. And they were like, what? What? And most people were like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I thought everyone was doing that. But I think it might be like a specific type of suburb. Because like Long Island is like, that's like every town is like, there's a high school that everyone goes at and drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the city. Oh, so, right. Yeah, that'll change it. Yeah. It also, like, you, I grew up with an innate sense of danger for hanging out late at night outside. That in, makes like, sense. Like, playgrounds <laughs> or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, you'll get taken um, or murdered or both. Um, My parents, on mean, on the other hand, were like, wear these cute shorts and, like, stay out all night <laughs> at a playground. I'm like, sleepy. Huh? <laughs> Here's some red wine and turkey. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but I do remember the first time that uh, we me and my friend got her older brother to buy us beer. Yeah. And I was already driving then. Um, so I guess I was 16 and he didn't have a car and I did. So it was like a weird power balance where he was like, I'll buy you guys beer, but you have to give me a ride to my friend's house. And I was like, okay, weird. Um, and then when we got there, I remember him trying to pull some sort of like, should I actually do this? I don't know. And I'm like, I already, you're in my car. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I'll, I'll leave you here. Yeah. <laughs> And he bought us a six pack and we split it. So I think I guess I had three beers. Holy shit. And then the yeah. next day we went to King's Dominion and I was like, oh no, are we going to be hung over? People get hung over. We'll be able to ride roller coasters. And yeah, no, I was fine. It you don't know that when you're 17, it does not uh, matter. You can't get hung over <laughs> yeah. no matter how much you drink, no matter how much you puke. You're just uh, like, wake up in the morning and be like, I guess I got to go to school and football practice and I'm fine. Yeah. yeah the, the, that needs to be included in the discussions of hangovers. Cause I feel like when you're a kid, you hear about hangovers and you're like, when people drink, they get hangovers. And then you drink and you're like, I didn't. And then you're like, I'm magic. It'll never happen. Yeah. I'm, I have superpowers. And you can make it for a long yeah, time. sure. And then even there comes a period of time, at least for me, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was like 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And that like gave me another year of being able to handle hangovers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd wake up in, in living in New York and be like, I feel like shit. Let me get an egg sandwich and a coffee. And then I'd feel better. And it would just carry me at least through the hangover. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, if I have like... 
a beer at lunch. I'm hungover till Sunday yep. and my diarrhea and like my whole body's falling apart. Yeah, I'm and like, just everything in my life is wrong. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> and just it's sad. sliding doors. Just Every beer I sad. have is just like the wrong direction. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, maybe it took me to be 36 and realize I have lifelong, uh, uh, full, uh, family tree of alcoholics in every direction, deep, deep, deep. And uh, maybe uh, I should skip it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, then that's why I have this giant drawer of weed. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and I think that alcohol, uh, as I said, is it's a depressant. It makes you sad. And in my family, it's like, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of alcoholics, but let's peel back, peel back that crispy outer layer and find all the depressives that we have right. all the, the depression chicken they're just or so, eggs sweetheart <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they're just self-medicating uh, that and then making it worse you don't want to see these guys not drinking <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's a bad sign when someone's an alcoholic and everyone else is like it's yeah let's better just than, get yeah, them let's let them be yeah <laughs> let them be drunk yeah um music festivals <laughs> I went to Lollapalooza when I was like 13 <gasps> with my friends and his dad. That was the era to go. Oh, yeah. It was. The headliners were Wu-Tang Whoa. and Metallica. Yes. So I saw Wu-Tang at, were you at Clusterfest this year? Didn't we run into each other? No. No, uh, I did. Last year I was at Clusterfest. Uh at Clusterfest this year, Wu Tang performed, and I was mm-hmm. seeing them. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I haven't have I ever seen these guys live? And I was trying to think back. I'm like, never in New York City. And then it all came out. I saw them at Randall's Island. <gasps> this would have been seventh grade, so 1994, mm-hmm. something like that. 1993, mm-hmm. and it was fucking like. I was a big Metallica fan. I wasn't into hip hop yet. I had been into hip hop when I was a kid and then fell out of it when I moved to an all white town and everyone mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. you got to listen to Weezer. And I was like, <laughs> I, no complaints. Um, but then seeing them live, uh, seeing them at that show, I was like, holy shit, this is cool as hell. Well, I, I, you say you're not a music guy, but I, I you like music. You're I a love good music it. fan. Yes. You're just not producing it you feel uncomfortable yes. with. Yes, okay. Um, I, I can't do the things I want to do musically. You know what mm. I mean? And I don't even want to like, drum or like play the keyboards or whatever i just want to be able to when i sing acapella or when i sing over a song people are like i know what song you're trying to do (laughs) (laughs) i can't even get to the point where they're like i'm not i'm not positive what you're doing gabrus is a song Uh, (laughs) and i'm like no i'm telling you it's my favorite song right well i don't i don't want to discount that and say that you're wrong about what you say about yourself but i I bet you you could it's just you know so much of it is is practice like anything this kind of came up on cool playlist you were explaining to me and i realized yeah yeah you can if you suck at something and it embarrasses you you're less likely to practice yeah my my philosophy is if you like singing people like hearing you do it if you don't like it no matter what your voice sounds like it it makes you uncomfortable makes them uncomfortable yeah that's interesting Um, because i love uh when tiff sings Mm -hmm. and she will say she's not a good singer but to me it's like so enjoyable to hear if she's sing. having fun then yeah. yeah um but i asked that question because what i feel like i can tell from your musical taste is you like epic music Always. you like dramatic like stop everything here's the song yes um <laughs> from genre to genre to genre oh which yes is i like fun. epic <laughs> movies i like epic songs like that's my that's my wheelhouse yeah, yeah. even in hip-hop too like just the big bass yeah. lead-ups to like fucking i wish i had liked wu-tang i had been more exposed to wu-tang when i was a kid when i was younger i it, it, I, I think my theory is that the radio in 
uh, Richmond was very racist. I know that they would like. I think you can things... leave Richmond out of that sentence, well, and it might be a pretty strong theory still. Well, because I, I I only knew about Top Forty Radio for the most part, and I know I would listen. I would hear songs on the um, the Rick D's Casey Kasem whatever mm-hmm. Top Four like Countdown, and then want to hear it again and call in the radio station. They would be like, "We're not going to play that." So any hip hop or anything else that was big enough to pop into the top 40, the literal top 40 songs of the, that week we got played at least once. Um, so that's my theory, but that's a strong theory. Cause I, also <laughs> I've recently read up on like that, uh, disco demolition night that yeah. went down. And I think it was Rhea butcher who was posting yep, like, yep. it was sort of an anti gay sentiment. Yeah. And I had never anti gay, po- anti black, anti Latino. Cause that's yeah. like, uh, because white people music is mm-hmm. metal or white whatever. man music white specifically. Man music. Sorry, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean Lita Ford did what she could, but right. <laughs> Joe Jett was trying. But um, and it was like, oh, that's really interesting. I never put that together in my head. I was just like, oh yeah, disco. But the music I listen to now sounds more like disc. The music I like now yeah. sounds more like disco, dramatic than rock and, roll. and epic. Yeah, and um, synthy. Yeah, well, and hip hop started from people rapping over disco. Right. Yeah. Um. So I, I've always said I, I like that tension of like the the like anger over this like uh just sexy kind of fun light music. oh i love on a hip-hop song when when like the aggressive lyrics and you're like the song that they're sampling is like the goofiest mm-hmm. and uh, well, <laughs> sort of gay song i've ever heard and they're rapping like gotta get my bitches in this area over <laughs> well and that's one of the things that i love about method man specifically it was all of his, how silly his references would get um and one of the things we connected on when i so i was writing for him for the past two years um <laughs> his, his speaking stuff i wasn't writing his raps although i was I, a wu-tang ghost <laughs> <laughs> although i mean i wrote raps for the show for drop the mic um and he and i did get told i have bars by method man many times bars uh, yes there yes. you go i would agree um, as he would Someone who's watched a ton of freestyle as a while now cast member for three seasons. <laughs> whoa, 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 one would whoa. say Skinner's got bars. I do have bars. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the what was weird was I would write stuff for him that was because I was I'm paying attention to him and stuff he likes. I would write really goofy wordplay stuff for him, and he would love it. And TBS would be like, "This doesn't sound like meth." method man can you put it in, in more meth speak yeah. and I would go back and tell him and we'd be like these okay alright we know what they're saying and so because I wanted to can be like be look I that's exactly and so and I wanted to be like you know that I know and we'd be like yep yep we both know we both know we both know what that this is that you want to say this like goofy uh, line about uh, whatever oatmeal yeah and I got to make it something about that's why I like. Oh, and they liked old slang too. It had it was the, like the slang of a forty year old, not yes. the, not because I would give them current slang, and they were like, "We don't know what this means." Oh, and so meth would be like, Ugh, "I keeps having to say lit." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm trying to give you options." Um, it's lit. Uh, <laughs> I just recently saw. Don Will retweeted uh, Donald J. Trump Jr. saying it's lit and he goes, uh, black people, we mourn the loss of the word lit. <laughs> Let it be known that it's been done. Uh, please give us some time as we process this. <laughs> uh, and um, wait, so going back to Wu-Tang, they, yes. they're goofy shit. Wu-Tang and I mean, Action Bronson came way later for me, but they both like rapped about stuff that like I liked you know what i mean like oh, i yeah. love kung fu movies i love yeah. action rounds and raps about food and like sleepover parties and shit and it's like that's the stuff that now now why we're talking about hip-hop so much but i will say the other thing that got me into hip-hop when i got around to getting into it again was 
Um, it's like comedy. Yeah. It's a lot like comedy. It's like a good two, like a good set of bars is a setup and a punchline. Exactly. Line. And I think like w- Lil Wayne is like the perfect intro to that. If you're not into hip hop, is like because he's the most legible is not the word you use for audio, but like you can, he's he's very clear. Yes. When he's when he ra- sometimes you miss lyric, and especially for me, I have a hard time hearing lyrics often. But Lil Wayne's always so clear, and he's so fucking funny. Yeah, a lot of hard <laughs> R's. Um, he, yes. Well, yeah, uh, and I feel like hip hop is kind of taking the same shift that a comedy or a lot of hip hop artists are taking the same shift that a lot of comedy artists have taken um, into. No, seriously, I got serious stuff to say. Hey, look, I'm not just Splash. I'm also Philadelphia. Right. Um, and so they now they're doing this like therapy rap that's like, right. hey, listen, we got feelings and, you know, uh, we got to uh, uh, think about them and where, uh, the consequences, yeah. where we're coming from. I can't wait till, you know, like uh, after Lil Wayne watches Nanette and see, <laughs> see, he, see what he brings to the table after watching. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm changed. Huh? Yeah, okay, maybe not Lil, Lil Wayne is so much of it, but it just in general. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I was going to say, so does Lizzo. I think that's one of the things that I like about Lizzo. Like the, the first song of hers that popped that I noticed was uh, the Where the Hell My Phone. It's just like, Where the Hell My Phone? And like, yes, this is something Very I care relatable. about. Yes. I can relate to this. I lose my phone. All the time. <laughs> it's always in my hand, except when it's absolutely lost. And it ruins a night. That's why I always tell my wife, I'm like, Tiff, you're either holding your phone or you have no clue where it could be. Yeah. Something happens where you take it out. Where do you go where it might end up being? <laughs> like, it's always a foot away from you somewhere. Yeah. Should I, I call my phone for me? I, <laughs> the amount of missed calls oh, we have see? on our phones from just each other in the... Honestly? That's a couple thing. That's a couple thing. I don't mean to rub it in. <laughs> but if only... You can text me. Oh, no, you can't. But can. I can't. I'll, I can email, email my you, Email me and say, call my phone okay. next time you lose your phone. Thank you. okay. Thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, no, I have to find my phone on the different devices, so it'll be okay. It's oh, that all right. Works, that works. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But, yeah. Train your cat to, like, leave, like, yeah, some catnip on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> he would not. He would just passive-aggressively not find it. Just be like, learn, learn. Pay attention to me. Stop yeah. looking at screen. Oh god! Screen like, time is bad for humans. I feel like that's what he does to me anyway. Um, also, I love that Arthur is showing me more and more of his things. Yes, he, he brought will... me two carcasses <laughs> of stuffed animals. He will continue to. We have to. We can only buy him carcass uh, the the flat animals uh-huh. because he'll tear it open. There's something about him or his breed or uh, his like upbringing. Not our up. Not us. He was only. <laughs> we got him at like 12 weeks. So I don't know how, what he learned, but. He will find the tiniest little flaw in a toy and only pick at that. Oh, like I thought I, you were going to be like, trying to find the tiniest flaw and be like, disgusting. That's not <laughs> yeah, for me. Get me a perfect away. one. <laughs> it would be like if an indestructible toy had a little tag on it, you could watch him for four days in a row, pause on it, mm-hmm. pulling with one tooth on the same mm-hmm. spot on the tag. I'm like, is this enjoyable for you? He like wants to. So dis- he's a hacker. Yeah, he literally <laughs> is like, thanks for this. Can I destroy it? And I will try my fucking hardest. My cat, Um, I had to get him. St- What's your cat's name again? Casper. Okay. Great name. I had to start getting him stuffed animals because he humps and he. I've never seen a cat hump. They I have to stand up about it, but it's not like. It's not like dogs. It's very slow and sensuous, Ooh. and it's the way that All of a sudden I'm like, gross I know about that's what's so gross about it. <laughs> that you're into it. You know, of how they, course, cats are sexier than dogs. Yeah, right. You know how they make biscuits. You know when they do that little yeah. patting. So it starts like that, and then just the attitude shifts, <laughs> and um, the music I, changes, the lighting. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm a creep because I, I was like, I think I'm bringing. The, I, 
am I just assuming that's what this is about? Because that's a weird. Is this not supposed to be sexual? And am I yeah, applying this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I started looking it up, and there are all these chat rooms of people being like, "Nope, that's exactly what it is." I was like, "Okay," and I started thinking about it, and I was like, "You know, he's." he's not making any kind of judgment call. It's not like he spent nights at clubs and then been like, she's one of those hoes. You know, she's just <laughs> like, this is what my body wants to do because I need to chill out. And also I like this person. Um, yeah, that's what already, when he gets wound up, when he gets like really excited, you I can, you can see it in his eyes when he starts being like, yeah. and I'm like, dude, get your hand. I, when he puts his paws like on, yes. one part of your leg or your arm, you're like, I'm fucked. He's, here comes the lipstick. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, so I got him stuffed animals. So he started humping those and he's just destroyed them because he humped, he's humped them flat, torn the chest open, oh, stuffing Jesus. everywhere. It's like a fucking yeah. uh, xenomorph. He, yeah. <laughs> he gets into it. He needs a rough neck. Um, do, do, does cat anatomy change upon arousal? Yeah, do they but have he's lipstick? Very, yes, but he's very fluffy. So I don't he have to deal tell. with that. Yeah, okay, um, cool, yeah. I, I, if he was a short haired cat, that would be a, uh, probably a harder uh, <laughs> relationship. <laughs> to be okay with not a fan of short hairs uh, yeah yeah Arthur just got real mad yeah Ar- Arthur's a, a short haired dog so if he's sitting and has an erection it's in the living room ooh, like it's ooh. like it must be spoken about ooh, you're like hey pal ooh. it's touching the floor <laughs> so not a Long Island medium is no, what you're no, saying no. he uh he is a black dog <laughs> oh god I know what you're thinking, listeners. You are so jealous of how amazing my hair is. You poor thing. You're balding. That's what happens to men as we get older. Two-thirds of us lose our hair by 35. And here's the thing. Once you start to notice the loss, apparently it's too late. It's easier to keep hair you have than to replace hair you lost. So you know what I'm talking about. You've heard these guys on the podcast before. I'm talking about 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Here's the thing, though. It's not just like weird gas station pills or like, uh, you know, uh, snake blood that you rub on your temples. This is... It's a uh, hymns connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions. So it's not like for hymns, it you get uh, like you don't have to do the waiting room. You don't have to do the doctor visits. You can it's it's time saving. It, it saves all the awkward stuff. And you get generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. No snake oils. Uh, you know, it's all prescription solutions. So it's not like it's a sketchy business. It's not like it's a sketchy pill or something you're taking. It's a real pharmaceutical prescription pill for hymns just helps you set up with the doctor. So do yourself a favor, order now. You know, my listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. So see website, this, you got to see website for details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. So go to forhims.com slash mighty. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash mighty. Forhims.com slash mighty. Do you have music festival advice or music festival things you always do? Well, here's the, I have a I do have a music festival um, a strangeness in that the food there. I feel like at what I've learned from these festivals is I will forget to eat. It's easy with um, the help of alcohol, drugs, and stimuli, and like doing shit. You're right, going from yeah. this to this to this. So I'm like, I think I've eaten one meal today, and yet I am so stuffed. Like I feel like yeah. I come back ten pounds heavier from eating. Like- I was just just outside lands. I'm like, there's no way, and I, I trying to drop weight, 
and I had lost a couple of pounds and I was like, how'd that happen? Then I was like, oh, I guess I only ate once a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's totally weird. Well, and I think it's also a lot of dehydration. So I'm probably eating and just never pooping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you want to do that there. No oh, thanks. Okay. So that comes in, that goes into play with some of my advice. About okay. The, uh, pooping runs my poop life. First. <laughs> yeah, uh, poop first. Oh, I wake up an hour before I have to get picked up, <laughs> drink coffee. And I'm like, get it out now because porta potties. No. Even the fancy ones, because we, artist we ones. have access to regular porta potties, VIP or porta potties, and the, the artist ones, and they are all gross. They're all still all totally porta gross. Yes. <laughs> there are still porta potties outdoors fancy in a fucking, ones, but they're still in Murfreesboro. Fancy gross. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so pooping's a big thing for me. So I my my big advice is keep in mind what your beverage is going to be. Mm-hmm. choose a beverage like uh, often you you want to drink some alcohol because it's a music festival mm-hmm. um, if you're a beer person but beer affects your stomach keep that in mind yeah. I'm a, like a vodka and tequila minimal mixers yeah. at festivals because I don't want to be full and have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. but I do want to get loose well wine is great for that because wine will dry you right up nobody gets wine shits yeah, right no. that's not a thing but I also like I don't like white wine that much and red wine in the sun is always like not as appealing yeah that's true that's yeah. true even a Prosecco or a rosé <laughs> those yes, are the summertime yes way rosé <laughs> your boy over I had a I was gonna say I had a rosé this weekend you know, we had it, it together <laughs> <laughs> we had rosé this weekend uh, um, yes me you and Sheer we had some frosés that was delightful yes yeah those are uh, those are nice because sometimes a frosé can be too sugary yeah like I feel like sometimes they're like those New Orleans uh, frozen drinks where it's just like out of the machine yeah but I think if you're going to uh 14 handles vineyard like yeah. an actual vineyard for their frosé you're a little safer than well like, that was what was nice about outside lands they had all these local food stalls also that's happening more and more at festivals yeah i think people are realizing that it's like music uh food music art comedy food you can just get if you can get enough people who are like kind of into each thing you can sell more tickets yeah and like people go to outside lands and like we got to go wait in line for this like it's like great food trucks you know it's all curated by people and shit like that yeah the longest food line that i encountered there was at was right before janet jackson which was the last act of the last day um which was also the coldest the line sunday was legit cold cold. yeah the line for hot chocolate because i was like "Ooh, it's chilly you know what i love hot chocolate i'm gonna go back over to that place and oh everyone thought of this of course they did you are like a major fan of hot chocolate i love hot chocolate i put myself to bed with hot chocolate every day didn't want to speak out of turn you had told me that previously and i was like i have my nighttime you that told me that they drink hot chocolate every night i have my nighttime hot chocolate yeah because i what's your go-to brand do you have like a uh nestle Nestle? Yeah, because I've like tried a few. Instant? Yeah, the instant. Because I've tried a few. I've tried fancier ones. Yeah. And they don't mix as well or they don't. They fit. get to be like syrupy. Yeah. Like it's almost like melted chocolate, hot melted chocolate. Yeah, yeah. They, they get syrupy or they get chalky. Um, and I can't fuck around with like a fat free, sugar free thing. Like if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I also have my little bag of marshmallows. So I put marshmallows in it. And you just take that with you and, and like take, your and little, I sit in bed. I read or watch TV and have my little hot chocolate. That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I do not like hot chocolate, but I I do have a big glass of ice water on my nightstand every night. A vape pen. And <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. If because I feel like um, I don't want to drink before bed because it it's terrible for my sleep. Yeah. Um, weed just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. And. I know, which I I would assume would make people think like, do you get fucked up on your hot chocolate? I don't get fucked up on it, but it's my treat. I feel like at the end of the day, I want some little, hey, 
good for you. Here's yeah. a treat. That's my three to four p.m. iced coffee. Yeah, that's my treat of like. That doesn't you, keep you up all night. I if I can't do it after four though. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I don't go to bed till like eleven or midnight. You know, yeah. I don't try to go to bed till yeah, eleven or midnight. It. Yeah. So it it works. Um, I'll have a later coffee if I have a 10 p.m. show or mm-hmm. it's poker night or something that's going to be long. Um, but that 4 p.m. coffee I look forward to every day. And if it's a day where I got a lot of work done and have nothing to do that evening, that 4 p.m. coffee becomes the 4 p.m. coffee and joint, which is like the dream. Like you, I, <laughs> that's, a, that's a speed yeah, ball. <laughs> you, yeah. It's, I, we call it, uh, I think it was Paul Rust referred to it, or maybe Adam Pally, someone I was hanging out with, they called it the poor man speedball. Yeah. And it really is like a big iced coffee in a joint can turn your whole day around. And I don't necessarily mean it's going to steer it in the correct direction, but it'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll turn crank it the upside wheel. Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, uh, did, so you were at the gastro stage, yes. at the food stage for one day. Did you get to eat anything especially interesting? I didn't. It was a Aww. really weird setup in that they had, I had some very good cupcakes mm. and I tried a cocktail made with cold brew and orange rinds that was Ooh. real, and bourbon. That was really Ooh, good. Oh, that sounds great. But that was only because the Doughboys had Chiron as a guest uh-huh. and I was hosting it. So I wasn't really in anything. And that's the only thing that had friends in it. So they mm-hmm. were like, come on out and eat a. Tr-. Uh. And like Eddie Wong and the other people who were doing stuff, they didn't like come Need to you. me and go yeah. like, hey, we, we have this fully realized thing, but do you want to be part of it? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would have eaten anything you put in front of me. <laughs> yeah. The best thing I had there was this um, uh, Japanese poutine. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not much of a poutine fan normally. I'm like, it's that tastes like. To me, a lot of times it tastes like Dinty Moore piled on some uh, French oh, fries. Selling me. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> um, and I like a crispy fry. But yeah, this was fries with um, some sort of ground beef. I think they had it listed as like, sirloin. Yeah, grass fed, yeah, yeah. But, but grass it was ground, it was yeah. ground beef. Um, and this Japanese hot sauce mm. and uh, blue cheese all over it. Ooh, ooh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, was pretty like- great. Purple yams, or is it no? It was like no, it's regular French fries. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, the poutine at the restaurant Animal on Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Yes, very oxtail good poutine. poutine. Yeah. They double fry their fries so they're so crispy and they maintain a crisp despite being covered in sauce. Mm-hmm. Highly yeah. recommend that. What you're saying? Yeah, you've yeah, had yeah. It, no, so. I've, I've had, I love it. Um, yeah, I think I've we've had it, had it with uh, Doug Mand and and oh, Dan Gregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, they're our big animal mutual heads. Fat yeah. pals. Um, yeah, and you got to double fry it. That's uh, a frite. I, I worked at a Belgian restaurant for a while, and that's that. Those you are how make you make those frites. You, you got to get it to fry them. Oh yeah. There was that Belgian fry place on Second Avenue in New York City, right? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I forget what it was called, but it would be like just get like I a had that happy fry outside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it had like, a, like a bunch a, of happy fries. I have tw- I think twice in my life ever eaten there, and it was always just like whoa, fries! Like happened <laughs> to be like the the uh, culmination of five different activities where I'm like fries. Okay, mm-hmm. you never like seek out. I think I'm gonna go eat fries today. Yeah, no, it's At least you, I you don't. agree to it, or I agree to it also with the auspice of like. You earned this. You deserve it, girl. Yes. Why not? Why not fries you? You're a queen. Nothing can take you down. These aren't going to ruin you. Because oh. otherwise, that would be like fries. Oh, those are going to ruin me. Those fries are going to ruin me. <laughs> that's going to uh, be that. But they're not. Because you're a queen. <laughs> you're a queen. You <laughs> can just eat fries. fries. Um, but yeah, so, and, uh, there, there's almost so much different food. It's overwhelming. But I also, one thing, I guess a, a bit of advice that I have for music festivals is uh, be careful what bands you see because you will become a fan. If you see them play live, you are going, unless they suck so bad, you're going to like them. We saw Chromio and we're like, uh, we love this. Me and Eli, we're like, they're amazing. amazing. I'm a big fan of Chromio. I wanted to see them at like two in the morning in, uh, 
but yes. I saw the Tom Petty Super Jam instead. Oh, at, man, I wish I'd seen that. Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. that sounded Seeing great. Seeing Sheryl Crow on stage. It was like Sheryl Crow. Was Bonnie Iver? Yeah, everyone did. came out and did like one song. And they all sang Yeah, Tom but even Petty the musicians songs. that were playing all the songs were like, a guy from VHS or Beta, like mm-hmm. all these different uh, guitarists and dr- the drummer from My Morning Jacket and shit. It was cool as hell. Yeah, but 2 a.m. Ooh. Oh, 2 a.m. is hard. I cannot do that, that anymore. That was the night I did shrooms, so I was capable of almost anything, I think. <laughs> uh, um, yes, seeing music live is like sitting next to someone and watch watching a comedy with someone who it's their favorite movie. Yes. Or watching a movie with such someone that you really like. You're right. gonna laugh more. You're yeah, gonna you're like gonna have get fun. caught up in it. And yeah. it's easy, like a couple of drinks, a joint or whatever you're on. All of a sudden, uh, who was the guy that played it, uh Bonnaroo that I fell in love with? Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. I mean, that's not a hard one to fall in love with. Right. He's, He's great. actually really good. Yeah. But I would never have like chosen to put him on or something that's the other thing is like mm-hmm. maybe you put on you're like i guess this is the band that's playing for 45 minutes and if i would never choose to play this album i might even shut it off if it had come on mm-hmm. but if i'm gonna be here for 45 minutes and i allow myself to be open-minded you're gonna end up being a fan yep um especially if they put on a hell of a live show like some of these guys that you're like wow they can really rock or charisma you know yeah especially i fell in love with so many keyboardists uh, in like early 2000s like new york indie rock uh scene like any female in a band i'd be like i love you well they also (laughs) if they think about the both the the setting and how they're presenting it because like watching i saw florence and the machine at outside lands she was amazing and i i wouldn't have chosen to see her either like yeah. I, I i know her stuff the way that anybody with a brain and ears this time of the the millennia knows <laughs> music like like yeah of course i've heard her stuff um but i was like yeah all right everybody's going she was amazing maybe one of the best shows that i've ever seen oh wow um she so did keep is. making people touch each other she'd be like all right everyone i need you now to hold hands with the person next to you There's tell that them that vibe. you love them <laughs> put your phone away and also turn around and touch your nose like it was like getting a little out of hand but that, um, that that's the kind of shit here's another piece of advice for festivals Buy into it a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did it. I did I it I know, all. totally. And I, I'm not saying you wouldn't. I'm just saying, like, there is that festival vibe where people are like, happy Bonnaroo, roo, yeah. you know, and, like, people give you drugs or give you alcohol, you exchange and shit like that. I think, like, that vibe is very fun. And music festivals are sort of cultivating togetherness, which mm-hmm. is not being cultivated in a lot of other dynamics well, and in a lot of other areas. with comics, like, uh, with stand-ups, I think especially what we do is so solo um hanging out with a group of comics at a music festival is kind of weird and fun in that it's it's like hanging out with a bunch of cats they're like no we don't want to be around it okay we're okay with it it's not that yeah, bad also, we like, like it we like it it adds to it that the comics range in age from 24 to 38 yeah, and yeah, are yeah. Uh, all different genders and ethnicities and you're like and i you, i know one of them and there's nine people and we're like <laughs> i guess we're hanging out for 72 straight hours yep that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. did mushrooms with Kyle Ayers who i don't mm-hmm. really know that well mm-hmm. and now we're like yeah, bonded he gave me drugs. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i got a i got a text a, a, a bummer of a text uh, about a dude that i was dating while i was there and uh, uh Shane Torres had to be my <laughs> emotional support <laughs> guy for down. a while yeah I'm like sorry uh, man uh, and he's like we're, we're all been there oh yeah i i, I kind of made that joke on uh, uh, 
on Saturday at Outside Lands when you were like, hey, uh, I'm sorry I'm ha- coming over here to the show. I was like, no, me, you, and Paul were in the shuttle over, which means we're hanging out for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just how it works. You're like, oh, do we have the same things to do today? Yep. All right, we're hanging out. There you out. go. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we have never called each other to hang out, but no. at festivals, we're like, yeah, where do you want to go next, friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Touch yeah. your nose. And I feel like, I also feel like because I've known you for so long or just known you at all before, I'm like, dibs on Gabrus. Right. I guess well, we have, we, have, we know like, each other longer, so he has to hang out with me. Yeah, like, oh, you're, you're friends with Liza? I'm like, yeah. How long have you known her? 13 <laughs> years? <laughs> have you ever, never hung out no, just no, the two of us? Not on purpose. No, no, no. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it's like a 13 year long work friend. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and then you're forced to do drugs and hang out with them for a full weekend. Well, that's, that's your job. So yeah. it counts as part of it. Hey, it's all, uh, it's all a high and mighty expense. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I saying? That brought up the Florence and the Machine thing for some reason. Ah, oh, whatever. shit. Uh, um, yes. But, Become a fan. Yeah, you get caught up in uh, it. I Oh well, whatever. It was ama- uh, You're as familiar with her as anyone else from this millennia. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't I remember. remember but was. she was great. But um, surprising no one. You were in the middle of a thought. I jumped in, screamed over you. Nine oh, I do minutes. the same thing. No. I don't care at all. Uh, but I was like, I feel like there's something I wanted to say. Um, but It'll I, uh, yeah, the worst example of my becoming a fan of someone that I, I did not mean to was uh, Jamiroquai. I did accidentally go to a Jamiroquai show and was like, they are amazing. I love it. That's <laughs> went through a Jamiroquai phase while I was also other than that just like a punk rock kid. Interesting. That is, but I could see them putting on a fun live show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was what I was going to say. You got to think of the the stage where you are, the um the the venue and like put on a show for that play. Oh, that's what it was. Watching Florence um Florence Welch, I was like this woman has a voice on her and she thinks a lot about it, about where she places it and how she phrases things and how she uses her voice. And so her stage, very sparse. Um, the, she is in white and lit like crazy. So she's like glowing the whole time like oh, a ghost. Awesome. It was awesome. And I was thinking about that as opposed to those Madonna shows that I would hear about when I was growing up where it was like every song was a production number with all kinds of set pieces. And The one I went to, I saw one <gasps> at- saw Madonna. Uh, yeah, at MSG. <laughs> When uh, this would have been two th- after two thousand and three, so not okay. that it was because I I went with Tiff and her mom, and it was fucking wow. awesome. Yeah. Like during one song, a half pipe came out, and rollerbladers and skateboarders were literally doing tricks, like ten yeah. people. But it's, and that was for one song. <laughs> <laughs> what other song would it have applied to? Come right. on. Um, but that's the other end of the spectrum. And I was like, yeah, well, because Madonna. Not a singer. She doesn't have the pipes no. to be like, just shine the fuck out of a light on She's me and I'm going to be yeah. magic. She's like, all right, I, I make an experience out of everything. Yeah. Musically and with all yeah, the stuff. Florence doesn't have backup dancers that she's no, doing No, oh God, with. No, that no. would be so, they brought out a half pipe for a Florence and the Machine song <laughs> the where she's like singing about her anorexia. And it's like <laughs> flashing lights and fireworks. Oh, yeah. just to use that as a jumping, to go back to, Lollapalooza, yes. 1994, Metallica takes the stage, they're playing, they're rocking, it's so awesome. Do they seem like they're friends? Do they like each other? Where are they in their therapy? <laughs> I, this is this is around the time of whatever the fi- the short hair album was, the first one. Oh, yeah, Before yeah, yeah. Before St. Anger, was there one called like Load or mm. Reloaded or something like that? I feel like that's when the Hetfield mustache really took over because it wasn't hidden away by the long hair. Yeah, it, it was, was really went, front and center. When they went short hair and just became like, looked like four state troopers that you would hate. Uh, <laughs> they were four state troopers I would have fucked. <laughs> yeah, I think I was, what, 14? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. Um, they came out on stage and they rocked, they were playing some songs and all of a sudden, all the lights go out 
uh, on the stage, and it's nighttime now at Randall's Island, so it's kind of dark, and all of a sudden, you just no. hear chopper noises, and it's like, and then it's like, war noises, and drama. it's blessed, yeah, and it's like so much drama, and then it's, uh, uh, the song one, I'm almost going to sing it in front of you, and I'm freaking out, <laughs> but it's like, absolute horror, I cannot live, I cannot die, and it just slowly starts like, and it slowly builds, and I just never felt, I think, that helped me understand later on theater. Like I yes. think just seeing that, I'm like, this is my, that is my favorite Metallica song. And it's like, live old. And as it's building, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm really into this. And then also it's like, and the lights are like, like yes, take, me, take me, like, take me over. Yeah, shoot me in the fucking head. <laughs> I understand religion. <laughs> yeah. I, truly at that moment, it was like, oh, I get like what putting on a show is. Cause yeah. I love listening to Metallica at that phase, but I had no idea I could up the ante of listening to them to that capacity. Well, and that's the point of it. It's like, right. if you're going to go see him live, make it a whole experience. I, so I, as you said, I've had this whole like music comedy thing and I backed away from music for a long time and was like, I just do comedy because too many people think that I'm not funny. They think I just have a pretty voice. I got that shit a lot. And I was like, I'm going to prove to them that I'm funny by taking the music away. And then I did that for a while. and was like, oh, now I'm just like everybody else. I'm going to put the music back in. But I've always been trying to figure out like where where do I fall? What was more my thing? And the most ridiculous thing I'm ever going to say is what I'm about to say that uh, I, you know, those moments, you know, people talk about that moment where they see something and they're like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That happened to, I have two major ones of those. One was seeing Jay-Z live at Austin City Limits. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, that's what, that's I, should what I should be doing. I should be Jay-Z. Obviously, I should be Jay-Z. Um, Not a bad choice. Hey, aim high. <laughs> yeah. And seeing uh, Tyler Perry live at Madison Square Garden, um, one of his touring gospel musicals. And there, it was uh, Tyler Perry, it was Medea's family reunion. And the spoiler, the mother dies. And then she's lifted up into heaven. Uh, and there's giant digital wings on either side of her as like she's singing this gospel song and all these people are singing and I was like yep that's what I'm supposed to be doing um, and I know there's, I know that sounds crazy I know that but sounds crazy but what is that Venn diagram what's that in the Venn diagram it, in both cases it's epic music shit right yeah. um, and that like it's high drama it's high drama but and it's musical um, and doing Bonnaroo was a time where I was like looking around I'm like yeah this is really great doing comedy but like I want to be on the music stage and talking to Don Will about like when I got off stage after one of those, he was like, we should be doing stuff. And I was like, yeah. And started talking to him and then told the guys at the late, late show, like, Oh yeah, I'm started talking to this guy and about doing music stuff. And they were like, no, do music with us, make stuff with us. So I've started writing and recording with them and working on an album now. So that's awesome. I mean, it's still funny stuff. It's still comedy music, right. but, but it, that's what not but everyone yeah, could do that. Exactly. Right. That's the point. And yeah. so I felt like, I also have this feeling that like, you know, the every that this is the end times. So I'm like, we got I got to go ahead and do anything I want to do. Yeah, I said that to Tiff the other day. I'm like, let's not put anything off. Yeah. We're like we got out of debt like a, just 2 years ago completely after all this and then in the last uh, year have gone on like four vacations, yes. re-racked all our debt back up and shit like that cuz we were like if it all does go to shit, I'll be mad that we were saving up to go to Hawaii. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and it feels like it is. Yeah. So I and I always I, like, and this is corny, but I was always like, I'm gonna do mushrooms someday, and then eventually I was like, I'm gonna do mushrooms this month. <laughs> like, what am I gonna keep putting it off for? Yeah. I'm only getting older. No one wants to be 45 and trying mushrooms. <laughs> no, you want to be very good at mushrooms by the time you're 45. When I have a son, I want to be able to look him in the eye and go, "This is how you do mushrooms, kid." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was really random uh because this was at Bonnaroo 
everyone always talks about how bad mushrooms taste. I had never had them. And then oh, everyone's yeah. like, oh, they taste disgusting. They taste disgusting. I was like, oh, okay. And then someone's like, here are your mushrooms. And I just grabbed them by the handful and just ate them dry. And everyone's yeah. like, you don't need it. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting to like other people. Yes. <laughs> I'm disgusting. Oh, I, but I feel the same way. People are always like, mushrooms are disgusting. And then I find out those are people who think mushrooms, all mushrooms right. are disgusting. Yeah. Like I don't, so like, I don't have a problem mushrooms, with it. Yeah, I'm not going to choose to eat like yeah. savory potpourri any mm, other time. But. No, but it's not so far out of the realm <laughs> right. for me. And then I'm like, oh, so gross. Um, yeah, so we're oh, all Oh, you know who I saw at Bonnaroo that was really exciting was Sylvanesso, who's a big oh, yeah. me, and, me and Tiff I lover. That. yeah. And uh, Tiff turned me on to her, like plays her music all the time. Tiff turned me on to Florence and the Machine. She walked down the aisle to a Florence oh. and the Machine song. Um, uh, and, uh, I bet Florence would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Florence! Uh, and uh, I saw Sylvanesso live, and if I could be a... I don't know if the word is misogynist, but if I could objectify her for a mm-hmm. second, she's an amazing singer. And then in person, she's very attractive, a very good dancer, but not small. She has, she's, as listeners of the podcast know, I have a sickness for the thickness. She, <laughs> I is, she is thick and she can move. And I was like, I left and I was like, Tiff. I'm a huge Sylvanesso fan now. <laughs> I'm like, you want to go see her live? Let's go, babe. I'm in, dude. Yeah. She's, she's, her songs are very sexy and fun. And then also, why would I not put together that she would be sexy and fun? Yeah. yeah. That's another thing about seeing people live, too, is like, if you're in love with someone's voice, just wait till you see them, wait till you see it coming out of their beautiful faces. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think, kind of like I was saying, like, if you're enjoying singing, people enjoy watching you. So even if you don't have a beautiful face, even if, or even if it right. isn't beautiful when it's coming out, even if you look awkward and bizarre, it's endearing to people because they're like, ah, oh, that's the sound I like. Look at him. He's just like a dumb yeah, old human fuck face. his talent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, but it truly is true. Is. Yeah. yeah. It makes people so attractive. Like anyone showing any proficiency or capabilities is insanely attractive to me. Like, and because I'm so hardwired to be hetero, but I have some, you know, tendencies. I'm not a hard one on the Kinsey scale. Uh, but like, you know, like today I like s- saw a woman like trying to start her motorcycle uh-huh. and then like, move something and like and like you know just something I couldn't physically do <laughs> like, I gotta go home <laughs> I was like what the fuck that's just so cool and it's like she's doing maintenance and like to me it's just the most unreal like ama- yeah I think that's true of everybody when I was in college one of my moves was I was a projectionist at the movie theater and oh my god I had, how many I, fucking creeps fell in love with you well most people wouldn't see it but if I was like kind of dating a guy I'd be like oh yeah yeah you can come by one of my shifts and just like let him watch me like change a reel out yeah. and they're like oh hey okay Hi. great <laughs> oh my god ain't it cool news and a hot chick in one. <laughs> oh yeah man I have I checked all the wrong boxes <laughs> like I am perfect for the worst people <laughs> yeah you are you are the worst person's type yeah I am I am absolutely that <laughs> like she's uh, like my name is in multiple comic books yes <laughs> like, both first and last yeah no you but I mean, like a, I mean, like, 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 I am thanked. I am like oh. in the background. Oh, I thought you meant like, like traditionally like, people are named Eliza or Skinner. In no, those no. I mean, like, I'm like, I can show you Easter eggs of like my name <laughs> in different comic books. That's those are the kind of guys that are. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the kind of people that are into me are other big hairy men. <laughs> <laughs> 
that means you're the best big hairy man. <laughs> They're voting yeah. for you it's for the most president. narcissistic thing president ever. Is big like, hairy man. Yeah, you want to fuck someone who looks like you? Thank you. I mean, don't we all, in a way? I mean, genetically, if you want to fuck, the, uh, if genetically we're all trying to fuck our parents, <laughs> and our parents look like us, we're kind of trying to fuck ourselves. It is kind of. I remember. Uh, film theory and criticism senior mm. year I took with one Tiffany uh, ah yes but, is this where you guys met no we had met the year before uh, we met sophomore year okay. started dating junior year mm-hmm. and then like senior year or second half of junior year we took a class together because also she does work so it's the best person to be in every class with because it's oh. like now she's my we were friends before we started dating so she was at first just like my hot friend who you wanted to be in group projects with because she did all the work and was hot and fun to be around and as I was like doing that I was like wait I'm in love with her <laughs> I'm like isn't it so cool to have a friend who's so attractive and so fun to be around and is like very helpful with you and I'm like what I'm describing is a good relationship I was like what if we could add kissing to this it would Man, be you ideal you really luck, lucked out by not being so stupid that you didn't notice that last part <laughs> like, I know, yeah, like, exactly. they'd be like the, the train was leaving the station you're like oh wait wait wait, 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 wait I could date her maybe <laughs> yeah. well it's like meeting her and my confidence were uh, crashing together at the same time like if I had met her when I was two years earlier or not at this point in my life when I was a full blown mm-hmm. obnoxious asshole mm-hmm. like I had the confidence to be like this hot girl would fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we took this class together and the teacher, uh, C plus Susie, Sue Lawrence, said, uh, <laughs> she said, the ultimate form of narcissism is that we always are attracted to people who are like us. And we had just started kind of dating and hooking up and we had talked about how we're so similar despite being so different. And the arm, and then we were realizing, like we looked at each other and we were like, both kind of shrugged like, yeah, we sort of know we're narcissists. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Eh, At least we look different. Worst things you could be. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I'll need that narcissism to survive the next 10 years of unsuccess in the business. (laughs) (laughs) And the end times when you're like, everything's terrible. The world's falling apart. But I'm still pretty great. (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) a decent person. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it is the ultimate form of narcissism. Like you're like, oh, I like this person. What do I like about them? Oh, they're like me. But on the other hand, isn't it also the cliche that the things that you hate about other people are the things that are in in you? Oh yeah, things that annoy you about yourself. Tiff does that annoys me. I'm like. I don't even think I'm allowed to say something because I think that's like what I'm known for. <laughs> <laughs> for doing the, the, the even worse, like yeah. turned up version of it. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that annoys me. And I do that times 10 to her daily. Let <laughs> so, me pump the brakes. Let me not say and, anything now. I'm going to go ahead and eat that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I'll take it. Continue to talk about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have we talked about, I don't know if you, if we've talked about this or if you remember, do you remember writing that thing for me for my website for Hello Hilarious? Oh my God! No, so I had this I, website. Throw pillows. Yes, I yes. had a website about women in comedy years ago, like at least a decade ago, maybe like twelve years ago. And um, at that point, like all things in comedy, when it was like a women in comedy thing, there was a lot of like, well, but what do men think of it? And <laughs> after a few months of that, I was like, okay, fine, we'll do a boy week. <laughs> uh, which now I, I'm a little bit like, come on, man, why didn't you stick to your guns? Let them have their own website. All the other websites are their websites. Let them uh, let, let gamers keep writing for Maxim. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I asked a few different guys and you were one of them just like, Hey, is there something you would want to write for this website? And you wrote uh, a thing about how living with Tiff had taught you about throw pillows, which had taught you about like living with other people and try making the thing that's important to them important enough to you that you respect it. And it was, it was a really good little piece. There's a deep evolution of that theory that I now pitch to a lot of, uh, single friends and a lot of apps and stuff like that. So, Cause 
people who listen to this podcast have heard this a hundred times, but and I may have told you twice in the last month, but I'll just get it out again. I have this strong thing that like, and it's not the right way to say it. I'm gonna I'm gonna fine tune it eventually, but it is. You have to be okay with disliking five things about your partner. Like, but oh, yeah, and okay about it. Okay the, about the it. Yes, be like, traditionally, that's not something I like in someone else, but these 90 other theses line up. Now, to what degree, okay, is it, is it okay to call it out and like point and like acknowledge between the two of you that you don't like it? Or is it kind of okay where you're like, don't fucking bring this up, dumb dumb. You just yeah. don't like it and be cool about not liking it. Learn to not like it. Learn to like it. Or learn, oh, to, okay. learn to not care. Because... It's one of those things where it's like it doesn't help you to bust their balls about. Unless yes. it is okay, so it's if not it that. is like smoking. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's like something you can like maybe help. that would be good. But if it is something like for example, people will I want a guy who's 5'10 or mm-hmm. or taller. So they'll just swipe oh, You can't do anything about that. Yeah, you swipe left on a 5'9 guy, but maybe he's literally perfect in the other way. I always use the example like if I saw a picture of Tiff on a dating app, I think undoubtedly she's attractive but I'd be like she seems like she puts a lot of effort into her look and that's not for me and that's been a thing in our relationship for now going on 15 years um, of she takes a long time to get ready she really cares about her appearance My, as you can see by my apartment she really cares mm-hmm. about that and that's shit that doesn't matter to me at all and it actually frustrates me that there's stuff on every surface and there's succulents mm-hmm. everywhere but it's something that I realize means so much to her but I would write her off meeting her yeah. Or, you know, or I would say, like, I want someone in the cre- uh, uh, more creative job. I want, And then you realize this person is truly creative. They just don't do it for their career and yeah. something like that. And I think a lot of people, because of apps, let you gives you that, like, diner menu mentality when you're like, I don't want shrimp. So I'll wipe out this whole, mem- uh, this whole section of shrimp where you're like, actually, this diner has great shrimp scampi or whatever, you know, some stupid example mm-hmm. like that. So I like and I think that all stems from learning, like, back in the day, I'm like. I don't, I'm not anti throw pillow. I'm like anti having to deal with the idea of yeah. getting, and then I'm like, and oh my, and, them and, putting and them like, back why? In bed. Yeah. why, why do I feel that way? And then it's at the same time, like I found myself being like, well, it annoys me that you don't know as much about movies as me or something like that. And mm-hmm. Tiffany's like, what? And I'm like, wait, I don't have, you're right. I don't have a leg to stand on there. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I think that's what I would be pitching to all my friends is like, don't write someone off on like two things that you're like, yeah. you can't create a character that is your partner <laughs> like you yeah. like in a video game you can't be like strength 85 you know like well, and sometimes it's creepy when you do like i've definitely dated people where things line up so much that it's like oh i don't have anything to talk to you about because you already know all the stuff that i know right, and it like sounds good on paper where you're like on the app you're like wow we have a lot in common then you get together and you're like this yeah. is weird i need some new like hey did you some- know that album was recorded at the oh yeah you do okay oh hey did you know that movie was okay you know that too huh. yeah it's like, we need to introduce sometimes new stimuli. i feel like this is you do you think that too all right um i think the problem with apps though even more than any of that is like it like it makes you lazy like i i don't go out You'll never meet someone on an app. The things that really attract you are not the things that you see on an app. Like right. it's not the f- it's not a still photo. Look, I Gabriel, I can take a fucking still photo. I'll tell you. If you I check can, your Instagram, you I, do take a few. I can take I can and I can take a good one. Oh, um, I agree. But uh, once my face moves, it's completely different. Like I take a serene good photo, and then in real life, I'm like, Blah! anyway, okay, you know. And it's like that's not what's actually there. And I feel like the way you move, the way you smell, and I don't mean like move like to try to be sexy, just like little, like 
like you know how snakes are disgusting to humans fundamentally. Yeah, and it's because not the way it's not that we're like they you move can in kill an me. unnatural way. Yeah, they move in an unnatural way, and they there look are like people, they're moving backwards, but they're coming forward. Yes, yeah. and there are people that do the same thing. I think. Um, yeah. To us, whether we recognize it or not, you're never going to see that on an app. Right. Um, and you're never going to know that like someone smells too much like a regular candle. Do you know what I mean? Like you have a weird <laughs> wax smell to you, or whatever yeah. it is that you that, definitely have a weird smelling home based on how <laughs> bland you smell right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's really because I take terrible photos, so I always imagine if I. I was like trying to be in a dating app. I'd be, I would be like, I need to get to the level where I meet them because I'm like funny and can talk to people. I'm like, let me get to that point. But I'm also like lazy on text and stuff. Mm-hmm. I could never do it now. I'd be like, uh, well, but text is lying. Like, I mean, I have, I, I've had text is texting has really gotten me into some hot water because I'll have people that I'm like, we are so close. And then I'm like, I've seen them once in my life. Right, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, but we have great text banter. Yeah. So you don't really have any connection. You don't know. Oh, that's so You're just, weird. Oh God. One time I had a text thing going with this guy who's a, also a, a, a screenwriter. So two screenwriters, this is the fucking killer dialogue of the century, man. I should have just cast it and sold it to Paramount. It was amazing. <laughs> Nothing came of it. Right. And because maybe once you meet in person, you can improvise. And <laughs> another person's like, I need four minutes to respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, need, uh, I need to look at it and then sort of punch it up yeah. after the fact. Yeah. I need to decide which uh, Save the Cat story we're working on <laughs> Are we here. the Dark Knight of the Soul here? I think we might be a Golden Fleece. I think I played Blake Snyder in the improv <laughs> show, did. didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did. Oh, that's humiliating. Um, yeah. I think I literally walked on and said, I'm Blake Snyder, screenwriter <laughs> of Blank Check. Uh, blank Check, yeah. yeah. And then Sheer came out and pointed out uh, and made some other Save the Cat thing, and I made him... Um, what's his name James Cameron <laughs> just to recap an improv show no one was at or will ever see and uh, wasn't particularly good with to begin with <laughs> just reliving our non-glory days yeah yeah our recent days <laughs> we're just talking about something that happened on Friday yes yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday <laughs> that's about as far back as my memory goes uh, yep this is what I've known Eliza for 13 years let's talk about how we hung out on Friday <laughs> uh-huh. hey we're also big fans of that uh, the Samuel L. Jackson movie that we shilled for um, oh uh um, we did that together. Hitman's bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Another time where I was like, dibs on Gabrus. I know him. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I get to work with him. Oh, and I was thankful. I was like, if uh, I'll work with Eliza, because she's the only person I recognize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think we even made, you were like, love working with my friends. You posted on Instagram. Yeah, and you were and like, I, are we friends? <laughs> I wrote, this is how I found out we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, great, uh, great, great. Well, speaking of great, uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Eliza? People, check out Eliza's podcast, Cool Playlist. It's that's really it. fun. You that's have it. people on. You guys build a uh, a playlist under some sort of theme together. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast because you're a fan of me and don't know Eliza, check out my episode of her podcast as a way in because it's it was really fun. We got to talk about we did a riding into battle playlist and it was a blast. Yeah. And people have liked it. They, um, uh, people have downloaded the playlist also as well as the podcast and been using that for different. I might have to fucking bust out that playlist. I forgot that it would be up there. Yeah. It's there. It's on the Spotify. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. 
that. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> also, I'm a, I'm a touring stand-up, so uh, if I'm... Book me. Yeah, <laughs> book me, or if I'm in your town, come see me. Yeah, also, if stand-up bookers are listening to this, uh, book me too. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe's is case, pretty good. Just in case. And where, what are you at on social media if people want to tweet at us about uh, other uh, music festival advice or something? I'm at Eliza Skinner on mm-hmm. Twitter, and on Instagram, I'm at eSkins, because I'm confusing. Um, <laughs> but there you can see all my too many photos. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say too many. I just said a lot. Okay. <laughs> No judgment, just a natural observation. Yeah, well, well, you know, uh, sounds like the algorithm is pushing me to you, so I'll just say that. I'll just Maybe say I should that. stop liking, but I no, can't. No, don't. I can't. Uh, I'm at Gaberson on social media. Uh, listen to Action Boys on Patreon. Listen to Raised by TV on Earwolf. And uh, bye, shitheads. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.